The spirit of performance is what defines Acura. And now, it's electric. Introducing the ZDX, Acura's most powerful SUV yet. Crafted using the same formula that brought them electrified supercars and multiple IMSA championships, the ZDX has track-tested performance that packs an energy all its own. Unlock the energy and order yours at Acura.com. Hey y'all, Seven Rounds in Heaven is back. We're brought to you by the Armchair Media Network. Sarah Fuller made history Saturday, becoming the first woman to play in a Power 5 football game. It was fucking awesome. It is I, Rob Paul, aka an OG Wake Forest Kendall Hinton stan. And with me, as always, is AJ. Harbaugh lost to own 5 Penn State. Marchese. I was like really hoping you weren't going to break up Michigan today, but I'm, uh, I'm not surprised. Today, we'll break down our 2021 NFL Draft Superlatives from this past Saturday in college football. Let's hit it. Seven. 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 Seven rounds in heaven with my baby. Driving up to Cleveland, maybe. Looking for a Lawrence or Sewell. Don't draft specialists on the first day. Don't draft specialists on the second day. Maybe draft a punter in the six. We'll see. Let's go seven rounds. Let's go seven rounds together. Let's go seven rounds forever. And that's a song. The wait is finally over. Football is in full effect, with many teams strutting their stuff. You might not be at a game this year, but you can still be in on the action at Bet Online. Bet Online is going the extra mile to make sure you get in on everything imaginable this season, from game spreads and totals to team, player, and coaching props. Bet Online gives you more options to wager than any place online. Head to Bet Online today and use promo code Armchair to take advantage of all the great sign-up bonuses. Bet Online. Your sports online sports book experts. I messed it up, but I almost got through it, so congratulations to me. And uh, you know what, EJ? Congratulations to Jim Nagy, who could be the next Lions GM. Who knows? <laughs> Fuck, I sure hope so, Rob. I'll say that. And and we maybe we hoped for it with Mayock and the Raiders. This is a different kind of hope for Nagy and the Lions, but maybe a more exciting hope. I <laughs> I hope for this more than I hope for Mayock. Because, like, when when we lost Mayock, we were losing Mayock. It's like, I'm going to miss him, but... That's true. But I'm happy to see That's him true. Get, the, the, get the gig. Where, where Nagy is just like, this is hilarious, and I, I kind of want him gone. So, hopefully he doesn't listen to the show. Um, But speaking of, he did add two SEC offensive linemen this oh, week to he's, the senior bowl. He's so Wait. good at his job. Look at him. He never stops. He never stops. Georgia offensive guard Ben Cleveland and Alabama center Landon Dickerson. Cleveland's pretty exciting. He's had a really good year this year. I th- and I think in this um, kind of open-ish center class, like Landon Dickerson's going to be the guy who goes late day three and is a backup for a while. You know, he's got that Alabama Yeah, he's, he's both. And uh, that's exactly who I was thinking of. Like, he can spot start. Um <laughs> But Ben Cleveland is a pretty exciting one because that's a guy who has been 
quietly the Georgia offensive line has been pretty impressive this year. Uh, sure. Specifically him and Tra- center Trey Hill. Um, and, and Cleveland's just like one of those country strong guys. Like I think he'll be a very interesting guard prospect for like a power scheme. Potentially like yeah. an early day three guy who could, I don't know, end up a starter sooner than later. I, I, I fully agree, honestly. I think he's... I, I don't know if he's – I guess – I think he'll keep rising, but I don't know where people feel about him right now. But I think, like, early day three is, like, a, a definite landing spot for, for Cleveland. And uh, he's a big guy, and you watch that George offensive line. They they move people. And Hill's, Hill's also going to go high, too. Yeah, no, totally agree. And like I mentioned, it's uh, – the center class is – I don't think – outside of Creed Humphrey and Josh Myers, there's no one who's really talked about all that much. No, not at uh, all. And, and I don't – and I don't think he, like the Creed Humphrey. I think is going to go probably in the second round. Mm-hmm. Josh Myers, I think, is going to be very dependent on. Like I think he'll he'll be a little bit polarizing, um, and then after that, like there's Alec Lindstrom at uh, BC, James Empey at B, uh, BYU, um, like you mentioned, Hill with Georgia. But like it, there's not a ton a ton of guys. I think Hill is center three right now. He's certainly played that yeah. way. Maybe even center two. Yeah, no, that's a good point. I, I'm not the biggest Josh Myers guy in the world, so. Hey, there's the Coastal Carolina center. This is Coastal Carolina, right? That he's small. He's really small. What school is that? Yeah, he's 5'9", Sam yeah. Thompson. <laughs> he's sick. He's great. Um, before we jump into our Week 13 NFL Draft Superlatives, would you like to call your shot with who will be the next Lions head coach and or GM? Uh, no, but I, I, I'm saying in my heart, I want it to be Jim Harbaugh and Jim Nagy. The Jims? The Jims. Both, uh, both, both Michigan grads. That's, that's true. That's true. I, I don't know why they, they keep acting like that matters for the Lions. It's not like they've really gone at that no. level too much anyways. No, it's, uh, it's a little bit, um, Weird. Who okay in that scenario? Who would you want to replace Harbaugh with Michigan? Come on, uh, I mean Fickle. Okay, I'll give you my top three right now. Yeah, Fickle, Fickle Joe Brady, and oh. Matt Campbell. So the three I want right now. It's a good top three. They'll hire none of them. Probably not. Harbaugh's gonna stay the coach, but whatever. You want the weirdest uh, suggestion for Lions GM I saw on Twitter yesterday was Chris Spielman. I saw that too. Which I mean, I don't know. His brother is Rick, the Vikings GM. He he's one of the best Lions players ever, and uh, an Ohio State grad. So, yeah, Matt Millen two point Come on, come on, be better. Okay, let's jump into Week Thirteen NFL Draft superlatives. Let's start with the top best freshman AJ. And I might like to mention we had a nice slate of Friday games to kind of supplement uh, a not so nice slate of Saturday games. Yeah, for for sure. Um, my my freshman list is pretty short t- this week, to be honest. But uh, me I think, too. Me I think too. first I'll say is uh, how about Noah Sewell out of Oregon, baby? Who I thought was pretty mm-hmm. great in that that uh the platypus battle. <laughs> and I mean, lots to talk about him. Mean, we we know he's 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 a freshman. He's so well built at six three two fifty. Last week he got carted off the field, and he didn't miss a single day of practice, which is just lunacy. And then he comes out and what ten tackles, a couple TFLs. All over, all over the field for the Ducks. He just already looks looks the part big time. Yeah, he he and um, their other freshman Justin Flo, mm-hmm. uh, two freshman five star linebackers. Flo's 
already like not he's hurt, but um yeah. The fact that Mario Chris Paul recruit both them, obviously Noah Suell's Pene Suell's younger brother, uh he 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 looks like a a defensive lineman playing linebacker with how well he's built. Yeah. Um he's got like a a bit of a like the the cowboy collar he's wearing number one. He he he's got that swag, uh and he plays hard as hell. Um I've enjoyed watching him. Uh, another defensive guy who you've mentioned a couple times now, Malachi Moore, the Alabama safety. It looks like in two years he's gonna be a first round prospect. Yeah, man, dude, he he's just a baller. Like every single game, he's out there making big time plays. It's it's like forced fumbles, picks, and y- yesterday that pick was sweet. And um, I it's like every time you watch him, it's just he's he's all over the field, and it's he's got that intangible just playmaking ability. He's obviously a, a true freshman who's got – he can play nickel. He can play safety. He earned a starting job right away even though he didn't um, enroll early. Mm-hmm. And he looks like he's he's following the footsteps of like the, the – Alabama's not DBU, but they produce some of the most physical NFL defensive backs like Marlon Humphrey, Minka Fitzpatrick. And he looks like he's he's the next one uh, in, in line. Obviously, right now, they also have Patrick Sertain, Josh Jope. Those guys are going to get drafted. Like Alabama just obviously – produces talent at, at every position and I'm loving watching Malachi Moore. His his stats are pretty crazy for a true freshman. Through eight yeah. games he has uh four TFLs, three picks, six pass breakups. Like he's such an impactful I wish there was I I know there's obviously a conference by conference freshman of the year award, but if there was a uh just overall freshman of the year, I think he he'd firmly be in it, especially as a true freshman. They should do like like with the Heisman like have a like uh, an underclassman of the year award or something like that like f- fill out that yes, broadcast uh, a little better. <laughs> yeah, add some more awards. <laughs> Ain't nothing wrong with it. Uh, do you have anybody else? I didn't end up having anybody else. No, I had those two, and I'll throw Michael Meyer in here again, the Notre Dame tight end. I, I know I've mentioned him multiple times, and he, he had to drop this game, but he just looks so damn good, man. He he, he very much so looks the part of, uh, <laughs> of being baby Gronk, baby. All right, speaking of tight ends, um, a sophomore tight end in Alabama caught my eye a little bit. Not n- Didn't have a huge game or anything, but uh, Julio Billingsley caught um, a touchdown in the Iron Bowl. And he looked like he was moving so well for a, a tight end. I, mm-hmm. I think he's listed um, at like 6'4", 240, kind of more of an H-back almost. And they were talking about how he's come on a, a ton in recent weeks. And, and you saw that um, he burned the safety. And, uh, like, Alabama's got so many mouths to feed. Like, this guy is – it was just 33 yards and a touchdown, but – I, I mean, next year, with Devonta Smith gone, with Jalen, obviously Jalen Wall's hurt, but with those guys gone, like, th- this guy could be the next man up. And, uh, I mean, and I might as well mention, John Mechie caught two more touchdowns. Yeah, yeah. We are certainly tight end rich in college football right now. It's weird. Yeah, I, and there's a lot of good underclass. Like, Jalen Widermeyer at, at A&M is awesome, too. Um, Meyer, yeah. uh, like there's a lot of guys, right? And obviously Kyle Eric Pitts is, Gilbert at LSU. Yeah, Gilbert. And obviously Pitts is maybe the best tight end prospect ever. I, I don't know. Well, he's up there. But <laughs> but there's just a lot of guys, man. And it's it's really imp- impressive. And, again, we've talked about this tight end class this year. 
And I think there's obviously the, the, the high-end guys, and there's a lot of middle guys that I've fallen in love with over the course of this college football season. Um, I'll give you three more sophomores, all corners, uh, okay. two from the same team even. Uh, first, Andrew Booth with Clemson. He had the incredible yes. interception where he basically levitated <laughs> to pick off Kenny Pickett on on, on the um, – oh, I'm my mind is gone today, AJ. What, Help me here. What, what are you what trying is to that? say? The flea flicker. Thank oh. you, AJ. Very good. Uh, but, yeah, and that, that's not the first time we've seen Andrew Booth make an incredibly no. athletic play on a ball. It, it's been a couple times this year, and he's a true sophomore, so he's a 2022 guy. And Clemson, another school, has been producing a lot of DBs recently, and he is looking like he's going to be a top prospect next year. Yeah, he, um, he, he looks like the best of top, bunch. Sorry to jump your gun there. Yeah. Um, and, and speaking of top prospects, like Derek Stanley, mm-hmm. who we haven't heard a ton about this year at LSU, mainly because LSU is not good and their games aren't being put in big time slots, I guess. Against Texas A&M, he helped shut down Kellen Bond. He broke up three passes. He he, he looked good tackling, too. Yeah. Yeah. Him and teammate Cordell Flott on the other side. I thought looked really good too, and I didn't even know who he was. And he had a ton of tackles. He broke a couple passes. Those two looked legit at corner against AM. Um, maybe LSU's LSU's going to be relevant again next year, especially once Miles Brendan's healthy. Um, but maybe maybe the defense will be a little better too with with that type of talent at corner. I like. I mean, they were talking about huge on the broadcast, but pretty much Stingley, whoever is lined up against him, is is going to be erased next year. And he, I mean, already. So, yeah. I mean, when you got a weapon like that, uh, it, it's going to always make your defense better. Period. All right. Do you have any sophomores? Oh yeah. Uh, a couple of usual suspects. They'll shoot through quick. Uh, I thought the running backs were impressive again. Uh, Brees Hall, uh, quieter game, but I, still, he's still so good. Um, every time he touches the football, it's fun as hell. And same way with Isaiah Spiller, who's <laughs> who's a bigger dude and, and shows some juice in this game yesterday. Uh, 141 yards, a touchdown. Uh, this this running back group next year, if they come out, which they probably will, is shaping up to look really, really good. And I know we just have the two top-end guys, and it gets a little money. Like, Gainwell's probably running back three, but we haven't seen him this year. And then, uh, you know, it's it's a little mucky, but next year's looks so much better. And, I mean, I still love Kyron Williams. It's just like, what, three total touchdowns against UNC. They they kind of just leaned on him uh, in the second half. He did the LeBron celebration. got the shout-out from LeBron. <laughs> I love all three of these backs, man. I, they're, they're so much fun to watch every week, and they're going to be, like, the face of – well, one of the faces of college football next year. Um I'll throw in another usual suspect. I thought Thibodeau was as awesome as, as ever, too. A sack, a TFL, pass deflection. He's just always a monster. Uh, but two new faces. One, I'm going to dip into your game, um, your Washington game, Rob. How about Zion Tupuloa Fetiu, the, the edge for for the Washington Huskies? He sticks 3 280, had three sacks yesterday and two fumble recoveries. He, he's got seven sacks in three games so far for the Huskies. And the, the buzz out of Seattle is kind of like he, he's the guy. And at, at that size, he moves well. Um, even, like, I just watched, like, the, the fourth quarter, not even, like, the second half of the fourth quarter. And when he wasn't getting home, he was he was sniffing the quarterback. He looks really impressive. Um, 
And and one more guy. Uh, I thought DeMarvin Leal, the the A and M IDL, uh, is, was really interesting. Um, I, I mentioned another one too in a sec, but six four two ninety, seven tackles, TFL two carries. He just him and the other one I'll mention kind of just dominated the LSU offensive line, and uh, it just felt like every play they were kind of just generating pressure. Him and him and Bobby Brown, who I put as a riser, and we'll talk about it in a sec. That that defensive line in general. But yeah. specifically in that game, the interior, I, I thought um, um, PV as well. That three is one of the best three interior D-line trios in the – or I guess I, I can't speak today, but the best one of the best interior D-line trios in college football is uh, those three. That, that A&M defense is legit. Yes. Um, I them. really enjoy watching those boys. Definitely, definitely. Uh, okay, is that everyone? You, you named about 15, so. <laughs> yeah, it's everyone. Your favorite part of the show is best sophomore. I know it. It's fun, and I get to look ahead to next year. <laughs> yeah, you're always next year's always better. It is. It always is. Okay, let's go to weekday warrior. And again, I mentioned we had a big Friday slate, a whole bunch of games, um, three really good ones, and three high priority games. And I'll, I'll start off here with uh, Notre Dame left tackle Liam Eichenberg. That was my week weekday warrior too. I just wanted to keep it to one. I have guys other places. I give Eichenberg the weekday warrior. Good pick because it he just shuts down everybody. Yep. Uh it, it, it was kinda like it was kind of funny watching him block some of the North Carolina pass rushers where it almost looked like he wasn't trying. Mm-hmm. He he just is he looks so much better this year. It's still not really, like, in the form of mock drafts, you're not really totally seeing him be a first-round guy in those. But I I don't know. He's played better than, I think, any left tackle in college football, really, this year, outside of maybe Christian Derrissaw. Uh, obviously, Suwell and Slater are, are opting out. Um, and he's going to the Senior Bowl, and I, I don't know. I think maybe come April, he ends up in the back half of that first round. I, I would put an Eichenberg for my top shooting up the board. And, I mean, it's kind of like a slow climb for him. And I totally agree with everything you said. Uh, I think he's going to be a first-round pick. And, like you said, he was just so rock-fucking-solid again against UNC. And, like, just looks so easy. And then in the second half, when they were running with Kyron Williams, that offensive line just absolutely leaned on UNC and just took that game over. And, and Eichenberg just – he made it look uh, really simple. And I think when we start throwing the tape on in, in, uh, in a couple weeks, a month, whatever – uh, I think this game, you're going to go back and you're like, that's just really easy for Eichenberg. I do wonder um, how long he ends up being. And again, I don't know how much that matters. Like Rashawn Slater is going to come in with 33-inch arms yep. and probably be a top 15 pick. Should be a top 15 pick. His tape's that good. So, I don't know. I, I think Eichenberg's got a chance to really be the, the true winner of the Senior Bowl as well. Yeah, that's a good point for sure. Uh, and then Jim Nagy will draft him. So with the Detroit Lions, <laughs> uh, I wonder. Uh, Matt, they should the Lions should just wait and let him run the Senior Bowl and then hire him. Genius. Correct. Because <laughs> then he'll just draft Senior Bowl guys, which he would do anyway. He, so, he, uh, yeah, exactly. Uh, just signing all the UDFA Senior Bowl guys that he doesn't say exist, and yeah. Uh, I will add two more weekday Warriors, both pass catchers from the Texas-Iowa State game. Uh, Iowa State tight end Charlie Kohler, who had 6 for 131. And then Texas receiver Brennan Eagles, 6 for 142. Um, Kohler, we haven't talked a ton, a ton about this year. Yeah. 
there's been a lot of a lot of tight ends in college football making a ton of plays, and, and he's been a, maybe in a less of a spotlight than some of those guys. But he like six six, incredible ball skills. Not the greatest athlete in the world, but but so good through contested catches. Uh, very willing blocker. Yeah. Um. He's he's a guy who like you could see him going in the, in the third round. Yeah, I, I put for I put Charlie Kohler for shooting up the board and like like you said, I say uh, don't forget about Charlie and, and we kind of just got a got a little loss and that Brock Purdy sucks but like Charlie Kohler and Brees Hall were just the driving force of that Iowa State offense like the whole offense the whole passing offense basically it runs through the tight ends and specifically Charlie Kohler and I thought he looked looked great and yeah he's just like that old school traditional tight end and I think he's I think he's definitely a day two. Uh, He's gonna get looks and on day two, and if not, it's it's the fourth round. He's your Heath Miller, baby. <laughs> there you go. Uh, and then with Brennan Eagles, he's a guy who we saw flashes last year in a little bit this year, but the Texas offense has just been so inconsistent, mm-hmm. especially with throwing the ball. Um, but he was aw- like, he is such a height, weight, speed dude. I I, I even shot a tweet off a little bit, tongue in cheek. Uh, saying he looked a little bit like Mike Evans in that game, uh, especially wearing that number 13. Uh, follow me on Twitter at Rob Paul NFL. <laughs> Pretty good quality stuff over there. Um, no, but like he, there was the early in the game, he, he got a deep one where he just like so physical trying to break tackles. And then there was another one um, down the right sideline later in the game where he just made an incredible adjustment. And, and he's not a guy I expect to come out because he hasn't had a terrific – yeah, a uh, year in terms of production, but maybe one of the top senior receivers we're talking about next year. I that's interesting, and yeah, I mean, I definitely like Brennan Eagles, and like, like you said, kind of like he's he's definitely been a bit of a slider or a lack of a riser, whatever you want to call it this year. And and this was his big time game, and he's what he's six four two thirty, like at that size, it's interesting. And I, I hey, I said this in the summer, you gave me shit. A tight end convert is possible, in my opinion, still like. When you see Darren Waller out there kicking ass every week on Sunday, I I think I think that's a definitely possibility in my mind. I, I, it's not going to happen, is, but I, I'm I'm smarter than the NFL, so no big deal. <laughs> is this gonna be your new thing? Trying to find big yes. wide receivers to be tight ends where they can be Darren Waller? Yes, yes, yes. I've been doing it for like a year in my head, and now I'm saying it. So, <laughs> uh, own your truth, AJ. Thank you. Uh, and speaking of Darren Waller. My best prospect this week, uh, our boy Kyle Pitts came back in a big way after missing two games. Um, yep. Scored three touchdowns against Kentucky and just did what he does. Destroyed defenses, was a complete mismatch. Scoring in, in multiple types of ways, too, yes. to showcase that NFL skill set. Yeah, and like the, the, the whip route, I, I probably like, you know, the most underappreciated of the three touchdowns. Uh, but I, I think like, like dude like on Sundays just have them running whip routes on the goal line and all all day because that's not gonna be hard. it was not gonna be easy to cover man like if you're in zone maybe but it, if you're a man it's it's no shot. It was so ridiculous. Like when you consider this man is six six, yeah. it's so ridiculous how smoothly he ran it and just yeah. like because obviously normally a, a bigger guy it's hard to kind of get low sink your hips and. and uh, like shoot through a route like that and it was just nothing to him i swear to god he was out of his break before the defender was like reacting to the break <laughs> like he, he he ran that that better than i think a lot of wide receivers like 
like NFL level wide receivers would. Yeah, no, it was, and then like the natural hands pluck in the end zone, and then obviously the big play that I mean, <laughs> it's like we just take it for granted now. He he was I put three guys, and he was definitely one of the top three guys easily. Yeah, and his his first touchdown came pretty immediately for them on mm-hmm. what was it fifty six yards where. Uh, they just match up a safety on him and <laughs> man to man, no no extra coverage. I felt that for the safety, and he just got torched. It's it, I, it, like I'll move right on. I put Devonta Smith here again because it's like those two guys. Me too. Every single week, it, well, I mean Pitts has been hurt, but every every week they're playing. Uh, defenses just don't know how to stop them, and and both uh, uh, both coaching staffs are doing a good job of getting like just. Like you know, like Smith had another one out and uh, out and up where he just toasted the guy or a little pump. Um, it's just too easy for both these guys against SEC defenses, and it's it's just kind of insane. Um, I I know we talk about Smith every week, but I, I I don't think his slight frame is gonna. I mean, it might hurt him, but I don't think it should. Right? I, I at this point, no, because he's that dominant, right? Like exactly. I, I saw uh. Be- I saw Benjamin Solak tweet something about he's like, um, me before the season, I love Devonta Smith's tape, but I worry about his frame because he's one seventy eight or something like that. And then he's like, me after he weighs in at one eighty one at the Senior Bowl, <laughs> Devonta Smith is my wide receiver one. Yeah, and that's kind of the only knock you can have is he is not massive, and it's not like he's short. He's just wiry. Yeah. yeah. Um, but. No wide receiver has been better than him in college football, especially over the last couple. No player, no. Honestly, he might be the best player in college football over the, like the last what three games or so. I think you're right. Yeah, no one I've, can I've, stop we've him. Adam here every week. Yeah, no one can stop him. He's like doing it. It's not like he's just doing it against the bottom. Like it's not like he's doing it against missouri or something he he's doing it to auburn which has a secondary full of nfl prospects yeah over the last um three weeks he's top 203 144 171 <laughs> oh my god he has eight touchdowns in the last three games yeah, on the insane. season he has 12 touchdowns over a thousand yards like he he's i'm assuming at this point he's gonna win the bolitnikov yes yeah um he is. like i i'm a, like elijah moore uh, it I think will be a finalist, but Devonta Smith, the most impactful wide receiver in college football. Um, the route running, the ball skills are insane. He's like, he, is he a super, like he's not a sub four, four guy, but he's not slow. Like I don't, I, I was going to ask do you, you what do you runs? think he runs? I'm just like, I think he, he'll run sub four, five. I, yeah. I think he's like in that four, four, five to four, four, nine range. And like, he, he looked good with the ball in his hands this week. And like, you, you see him, uh, killing some angles. I, again, it, it, he's definitely not slow. And, and I think he's, he's going to blow away the three count. Yeah, no, that, that's, that's, that's a good point. For sure. Unless, unless we get a bunch of weird, slow three cone times again. <laughs> I just kind of ignored that last year. Yeah, that was super weird. But we we talked about last week how before the season we thought maybe Devonta Smith would be that that really great wide receiver prospect who slides to the late first or early second. Then we and then we talked about how now it's like no he's going top twenty now like as great as Jamar Chase is as freaky as Jalen Waddle is would you be shocked if Devonta Smith goes ahead of them shocked no um. 
surprised a little bit, but not really. Like, uh, I, honestly, right now, I think Waddle's going to be the first wide receiver off the board. Just the way the NFL fucking is. Like, Henry Ruggs wasn't the best wide receiver prospect last year. Like, he was close, but he wasn't the best, and he still was the top guy. So it's it's basically it's basically like Lamb Ruggs, uh, yeah, Lamb Ruggs and uh, Judy all over again with with Smith, Waddle, and Chase. To be honest, I um. I think there, there's, like, a chance Devonta Smith's the third wide receiver off the board, but, like, the majority of draft Twitter's wide receiver one. Yeah. I I don't think he goes below pick 17. That's a weird number to say, but that's my no. shot right now. No, no, no. I cannot believe they got all three of those guys, in, Judy, Ruggs, and Smith, in the same recruiting class. On top of, like, several other guys who are NFL first-round picks. Yeah, it's, it's fine. <laughs> Recruit. Recruiting is king, AJ. Uh, I'll throw one more best prospect because we have to mention Trevor Lawrence returned to the field and was as good as ever against Pitt. Uh, threw for over 400 yards, two touchdowns. He had a huge uh, on a play action deep shot to Cornell Powell. It was while the wide while Powell was getting interfered with. Um, he had a perfect ball that went like just right between Powell's one hand. And his and his uh, chest plate and yeah. just stuck in there. It was awesome. Trevor Lawrence, Trevor Lawrence. It, it's like kind of these are the three guys. I feel like we've talked about the most this year as best prospect: Pitt, Smith, Lawrence, and then probably Fields and Waddle. Yep. No, for sure, for sure. And like these are my three guys this it, week. It, I would just it, it's kind of copy and paste right now. I mean, it's mm-hmm. yeah, they're just a dominant every every single week. Okay, before we move on, I'm wondering, do you think uh, – will Kyle Pitts be a top-10 pick? Oh, you know what? I, I was thinking about this a lot yesterday, to be, to be honest. Um, uh, he's going to be close. He's going to be close. He, he's, he's going top 15 at the, at the very least. Um, he deserves to be. Like, TJ but, Hawkinson – Yeah. TJ Hawkinson went top 10. TJ Hawkinson didn't have the ceiling Kyle Pitts has. TJ Hawkinson was an incredible blocker, and – I think one of the safest tight end prospects we've seen, or safest prospects we've seen in general, and, and he's probably going to make the Pro Bowl in year two with Detroit. Yeah. Um, but Kyle Pitts' ceiling is so, so, so much higher just because he's a freak of nature. I, I don't really believe in taking tight ends top ten, but uh, Pitts, Pitts looks like the exception. Me neither, but I, I mean, if you're going to get a younger, like potentially better Darren Waller, I, I will say, and like uh, this is this is not a knock. I think he's going to test well, but I think it does come come down to the testing, like kind of from that fifth to that yeah top fifteen to that top ten little hump. To be honest, yeah, I think that's a good take. Um, okay, let's move to shooting off the board. Why don't you start, AJ? Uh, yeah, uh, not my top guy, but a natural transition from the Lawrence. You mentioned him. I'm going to put Cornell Powell. Man, he's he's looked so impressive the last few games, and like you said, had that awesome one-handed deep touchdown grab and they broke the tackle uh and then another great throw from lawrence but he, he high pointed that contested one on the sideline before the half uh what do you have 176 yards and a touchdown in this game uh he he looks like he's like i don't know how high he's gonna go but he's definitely like elevated himself big time i'm just saying like i think the jets go out and get trevor lawrence and then come back and get cornell powell late and just pair them together i love it he he does seem Oh, here comes the Cornell Powell train. Um, <laughs> but 
he has he, he's a guy who was like a legitimate like not a top top blue chip recruit but a legitimate recruit who was expected to provide more to Clemson earlier and he kind of didn't do anything until this year where he's unlocked it all and become such like Trevor Lawrence's best friend yep. and uh he's a guy I'd like to see at the senior bowl actually yeah no that, that uh, for sure I think he can keep on helping himself he he's been like it, it's he's been one of the best I think deep threats in college football he's shown I mean that one-handed catch which I talked about earlier was awesome I don't it's hard to say how much of it is a product of Lawrence but I don't think you can be that productive in college football without having NFL ability. Correct. And I mean, it's not even like he is, you know, like, like, like there's two great receivers that get all the attention and then he's kind of like working his way as a third. That's guy, true. He, he's right. it's like, like Rogers has been really good this year, but I think Powell's been even better. And, and he's clearly pa- the Powell's kind of stepped in. He stepped in with Justin Rosso. He stepped in, stepped up. Yep. For sure. Uh, okay, my, my number one string of the board has to be uh, Washington corner Elijah Molden, mm-hmm. who was the best player in the Utah-Washington game. Early on, uh, he was all over or all around the line of scrimmage making plays, um, busting up the run, swallowing up screens. He is such a physical pest uh, of, a, of a defensive back. And then later in the game, he made a terrific play on a probably a bad decision from Jake Bentley. Um, where he undercut a route and, and got a big pick and helped fuel the Huskies' comeback over the Utes. Um, now, he, he's a guy who I think is an NFL nickel, which will probably make him go lower in the draft than he should. He's still going to go day two, but he I think he's another just draft we're just going to absolutely love him. Everyone's yeah. going to claim that they like he is their son. Um, when like in reality he's just one of the best defensive backs in college football. <laughs> uh, he's I, I I don't know if there's a better run defending corner nickel in college football than him. His instincts, his ball skill, like he's got everything. He's just not the biggest guy, and he, he predominantly plays inside instead of outside corner. He's gonna be a plug and play nickel. Like I I don't know. He I I loved him this summer. I think he's gonna be the number one. If if you're dividing corners and nickels, I think he's the number one nickel prospect, probably. Him uh, him and Javon Holland. Yeah. No, for sure. I I'm glad I'm glad Molden had this big time game and it was like you know, Saturday night and there wasn't too many other games on, so I'm sure he caught a lot of eyes and uh like you said though, <laughs> Draft Twitter's gonna have like, Oh, my son, Elijah Molden, but but really, yeah, I think he's gonna be a day two guy and kinda off topic, but do you think we're going to get to a point in the NFL soon where nickels are going first round? True nickels. I don't know because it's hard to define what a true nickel is, right? Like true. Uh, who, like <laughs> who? Who's a true? Who's a true nickel in college football? Like a lot of the time, there isn't a guy who only plays nickel. You're, okay, fair enough. But a guy you're you're drafting to play nickel. I thought the Dolphins did that with Minka Fitzpatrick, but then they made him play 11 positions, and then he it, became a safety in Pittsburgh and is now an all-pro. Um, <laughs> exactly, yeah. I don't know. That's a good I – mean, I mean, like, Tyron Matthew. Um, but, again, like, a lot of the time these, these nickel guys, 
play all over the place. Like Tyron Matthew, Buda yeah. Baker, Antoine Winfield Jr. And like Bolden's in a similar mold. Uh, so I don't know. I think that's tough to to say. Yeah, you're, no, it is tough, and but I mean, at this point, they should be first round picks, right? Because I mean, they are starters on the defense. Um, yes. Yeah. yeah no, yeah. I completely agree. Yeah. No, it's gonna be interesting. Um, my all right. I, I, I mentioned I, I Kohler. Who else do I got here? You know, what? I like I like the other Notre Dame defender. Uh, I'm, I'm gonna be struggle here. Adekumbo Ogundeji, the the yeah. other, yeah, the other one, six four two sixty eight, uh, had two sacks against UNC. He first of all, he's a really good athlete. Like he had that one tackle, I think it was on Williams, where uh, like Williams kind of had the corner easy, and and Ogundeji kind of like from almost the guard spot just worked out there and closed easy and made the tackle, and then he was flashing the power on on the pass rush too. Uh, really, really impressive, and I, I, I'm like a lot of these Notre Dame players, and it hurts me to say that, but like him, Hayes, I, I think they're both kind of just ballers. Well, he, he, he's a former big recruit, um, yep. who uh, obviously kind of hasn't made a big, big, big impact until this year, um, just because of the depth they've had, yep. and he's going to be at the Senior Bowl, uh, and, and every week, him and Daylon Hayes seem to make plays. Like, that That Notre Dame team is so well built because it's built through the trenches. Very much so. Um, I will go with Oregon State's Jamar Jefferson, who set the Platypus Bowl record for rushing <laughs> yards. Uh, with 220, 226 was basically Oregon State's entire offense um, in the upset of Oregon. He isn't a guy I loved over the summer. He was really productive as a freshman, banged up as a sophomore. I didn't love him over the summer. He's starting to really put it together. And uh, I, it's you You kind of mentioned earlier, like, this running back class is a little strange. Um, he's a guy who, if he declares, like, probably doesn't go till I, I would this – is, this could be totally wrong in a couple months. But, like, let's say the fourth round – but he's just a very perfect kind of one-cut-and-hit-it guy. Mm-hmm. He showed big burst on that 82-yard touchdown run. He's well-built, 5'10", 215. Hasn't done a ton on passing downs, and I think that's going to kind of be something that hurts him. But in terms of pure runner, like he he's the type of guy who's going to end up running for 1,000 yards in a, in a Shanahan-Kubiak scheme. <laughs> Honestly, I agree with like everything you said. And I, I put him for a prospect who made me look stupid because I also didn't think much of him in the summer. And, like, he was he was a bit dinged up last year, and now he's back and he's healthy and he's tearing up the Pac-12. And, like, he's got a shit ton of yards over, over the short season. Like you say, put put the, the beeves on his back and won the won the platypus. Um, I, uh, and like you said, I, I, think, I think that fourth, fifth round is specifically where he's going to be targeted and – so well built and yeah i I think i think we just uh we whiffed a bit but no he's he's definitely going to be coveted and i think like exactly you said one cut and go scheme um i think i think he's going to find a nice role there i'm kind of excited to really like not have the college football season in but just have i guess have that free time to really (laughs) dive into some of these guys tape and especially this running back class just because we obviously have two just complete alphas at the top between Etienne and Harris, right? Yeah. And then you mentioned Gainwell earlier, but he opted out. Who knows if he actually ends up declaring? Um, 
and then like obviously journey brown medically retired yeah chuba hubbard's not having a great year um and just i guess hashing out how this running back class shakes up yeah it's gonna be fun because there's a lot of guys that catch our eye every week but like like you said we haven't dug in really and and it's gonna be fun because i think there's gonna be a lot of people with like different like this is my Mm -hmm. guy and and yeah no for sure i think it's gonna be a lot of fun digging into this group um you know, I'll go with I'll go with Bobby Brown, my next guy uh, from a, actually, hey. yeah, like, like I just thought he was a, like he's first of all six four two uh, three twenty five. He's a big boy, and like like we already talked about that A and M defensive line just controlled the LSU offensive line. Mm-hmm. Uh, he had a sack, another half TFL. I, I think he looks really impressive, and um, I, I I'm like this A and M team, and <laughs> not... yeah, I do too. And you and me generally like to. I hate on the Jimbo Fisher Aggies yeah, because they're overrated. Usually they're overrated, <laughs> but this defense has been so good. Now the offense isn't that good. It's super inconsistent. Isaiah Spiller and Aeneas Smith, tons of fun. Yeah. But the, that offense is a little bit scary, um, but the defense is just so fun. And I love this defensive line. I think Bobby Brown looks like a dude. I think Jaden Peavy looks like a dude. Mm-hmm. Um, and, and they, I don't know, they play hard as hell, and they just have a lot of experience on the defense in general, too. Yeah, no, for sure. And, uh, and like, like the, the sophomore, too. And, like, yeah, I I like this A&M team. Uh, do you have anyone else? Uh, yeah, so uh, uh, I'll go, speaking of A&M, I'll go Buddy Johnson. Yeah. The linebacker in the middle. <laughs> yeah. He, first of all, he looks cool as hell because I, <laughs> I personally love the Aggies aesthetic. Um, Dude, he, he looks he straight wear, out of the 90s. I, I put him for out of nowhere right. prospect. <laughs> big time, big time 90s vibes. Yeah. Wearing that number one, just being the alpha in the middle of a top defense. Um, but he's all over the field. He had the pick six. He's a guy who who's started for multiple years. Yep. Um, I, I, it just gives you the vibe of this guy's going to be on an NFL roster. He plays hard as hell. And uh, I thought he looked pretty athletic and instinctual yeah. against LSU. Although LSU couldn't like their their offense is really 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 pathetic, but he he was great. No, exactly. I put him out of nowhere, um, and he's he's a little old school. Like he's six two two forty, but like you said, he, he moves pretty well. And and hey, he, he held that pick. He, he looked like a running back with his hands uh, with the ball in his hands. And yeah, the whole, the whole aesthetic where. Well, the Aggies kind of wear their their '90s style jerseys, and he's got the fucking <laughs> the the roll up and stuff. Uh, yeah, he 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 looks fun and and like apparently just a leader on that team. So I I think mm-hmm. I think that's a definitely a good pick. Uh, I, I would go. I would much rather this Texas A&M team in the playoff than Florida, just because I I feel like I've seen so much of Florida this year. We've watched a lot of Florida games, like just yeah, uh, I don't. And like I, I, there's a, I mean, I love Pitts, I love Tony, so like it's fun. But no, it kind of, kind of in a goofier way. Um, <laughs> the last guy I'll go to is uh, Demetric Felton, who I think I mentioned last week, and it was another mm-hmm. just massive usage game. He had 32 carries, plus four catches, had what 200 and I'm doing the math on the, in my head. I'm bad at it. 229 yards total, a touchdown. Uh, unfortunately, he, he pulled up at the end of the game, which, I mean, he should have probably not been out there anyway. Ship is giving him too many touches. Kind of ridiculous. But he's carrying the carrying this UCLA offense without DTR out there. And, uh, man, he looks shifty. He looks explosive between the tackles. He's giving you, uh, like with Antonio Gibson killing it on Thanksgiving, 
he's kind of like giving you Antonio Gibson light vibes because he's not the size of Gibson. But, uh, you know, same same thing where you weren't sure if he's a wide receiver or a running back and Felton's a converted uh, wide receiver and, like, played that true in-between role last year. And now he's playing, like, a true running back role. So uh, some I don't, I don't know where he's going to go. Probably another, like, fourth-round type of guy. But um, someone's going to find him. And, and the role is going to be really interesting for him. But he's proven that he can play running back. I'm loving these, I don't know, I guess it's maybe more of a recent thing in terms of they're becoming prospects, um, but these kind of wide receiver running back yeah. chess pieces, and, and I, I already mentioned Nia Smith with Tamu, who's same same type of dude, yep. uh, uh, and he, here's another one maybe. Um, I love James Cook. Every time I watch Georgia, <laughs> I think he is such an impressive athlete, Um he ran for 104 and two scores against South Carolina. Dalvin Cook's little brother. I don't know what to think of him in ter- uh, uh, as a prospect, and I don't know if he would declare. He's a junior, right? Um, yes, true junior who catches the ball really well when they get him involved yeah. in that way too. Um, I think he's got a future in the NFL as that type of satellite back dude who's just really good athlete and just moves so well. That's a good one to bring up because it, it kind of feels like no one's talking about him too much. And every time you watch a Georgia game, uh, sometimes they don't get him the ball, but whenever they do, he looks good. Mm-hmm. And and you know he's going to get looks because of the bloodlines. Like, Dalvin Cook's a top two running back in the league, if not the best running back in the league right now. And and uh, that's an interesting one. And, yeah, I don't know if he'll come out, but uh, if he doesn't, uh, b- big time to watch next year. Because I think, like, like, White will probably be in the draft, so it might just be all on him. Okay, do you have anybody else or you wanna you wanna start being mean? <laughs> Let's start being mean. Um <laughs> can we start with quarterbacks? Cause I'm sure we both probably have a quarterback or two. Okay, okay, okay. so I, I, I thought about it in this. I put in my mind it's senior bowl quarterbacks specifically. <laughs> um, yeah. Sam Sam Ellinger, Kellen Mond, and Kenny Pickett. I thought all three of them looked pretty terrible. Uh, I put Kenny Pickett for overhyped because I'm kind of tired of him being QB six seven whatever. So fair, fair. Uh, let, let's um, start with Kellen Mond. Cause I thought I thought maybe not the worst of the bunch, but I mean, like I don't know, what is he eleven to thirty four for 105 yards? It was. And it, it, in his defense, it was raining. Yes, but and they're but, rusty. Uh, they haven't played in a while. But I mean, still. It's it's hard to get yeah it's hard to get excited about seeing that. Um, <laughs> Believe it or not, Rob, it actually rains in NFL games too. So, oh, um, well, the thing is with Mond, it, it felt like he had started to really come on in re- like yeah. in recent games. Yeah, and and you're like, okay, now I can see it. Like, because we've never questioned the physical tools are clearly there. It's been the consistency, the the snap to snap and drive to drive consistency. He'll always throw in a kind of a weird panicky decision that yeah. leads to a, a big negative play every once in a while so you, you're starting to think well maybe like day three late day three i, I can see it he's gonna go to the senior bowl he's probably gonna look pretty good in shorts um and then and then this and then it's like he just felt so irrelevant to the a win he very much so. he was like i mean if anything he, he prevented them from winning more um I do, <laughs> I do think though, like like you said, he's gonna look pretty good in shorts because like you do see sometimes he just he spins the ball pretty well at times and like, uh, but yeah, I, I like coming into this week, I thought for sure he'd probably be a draft pick. It's like a like you said, day, late day three, 
sixth or seventh round. But um, yeah, this is just kind of like a really, really nothing game. And, and for for Pickett, it was like, hey, he, his name's not Pickett for no reason, baby. And he threw four of them. Oh, damn, damn. <laughs> yeah, he 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 never felt look like looked comfortable at all. Um, he you can tell he's got a great like a rocket arm. But it doesn't matter if he's just ripping them into tight windows that aren't actually windows and end up being defenders, and then he ends up throwing four picks, and <laughs> they're immediately out of the game halfway through the first quarter. Uh, he, I, like, he's obviously a guy you would bring into training camp. Yes. But I don't know. I would not. I Like, I don't see it. And it's weird because there are some big fans of his on, on draft Twitter, but I just I have a hard time seeing it. I don't like interceptions. <laughs> and then with Sam Ellinger, it was – I don't know. It's every Sam Ellinger game's the same. He he puts up numbers. Um, he looks good running, like a fullback. Uh, there will be some flashy passing plays, but like in terms of just being a true quarterback, there's not a lot of that with him. No, I he's to me he's an H back in the NFL. He's a fullback. He's an H back. We gotta like. I don't think he's a quarterback. Um, we'll see at the Senior Bowl, but yeah, I think someone will want him. On their team, though, like it's just you know he's Texas and he's a good leader and blah blah blah. But yeah, he's he's not great. Um, can I, I quickly going back to Pickett? I totally agree. Like as a as a camp guy and like like get him some reps in the preseason. I like Pickett, but it's just the the Twitter stuff is a little too too hot for me. Mm-hmm. And like the seeing QB seven and like saying he's a fourth or fifth round pick, whatever. Uh, I, I don't I don't feel that way. And hey. Never forget, Nathan Peterman put on a show against Clemson. Kenny Pickett did it. <laughs> okay, I'll, I'll give you a, a running back from uh, Friday's games. Javante Williams yeah. against Notre Dame. Didn't look very good. He's a guy whose tape I actually watched before that game. And I like I didn't dislike it, but I didn't think he was a top 100 prospect or anything. Mm, okay. Um, and, and again, yeah, against Notre Dame, 38 yards on 13 touches. Just didn't look overly explosive. Wasn't breaking tackles the way we've seen it earlier in the year. Um, I don't. He's he's. I know his numbers are insane this year, but I don't think he's like a high ceiling guy. I think he's a high floor back, yeah. and, and he'll be a good rotational guy. You know who he gives me a bit of a vibe of is Jamal Williams. Now that I'm speaking this out loud. Yeah, no, I can definitely see that. And hey, nothing wrong with Jamal Williams. He's he's a good back. Um, yeah, like I, I think he'll be a good backup running back in the NFL. I I think I might like him a little more than you right now, but I definitely agree on this performance. They needed him. And I'm going to parlay this in kind of a weird one, but I got I got two more guys here. But for outplay the box score, I, I kind of put Michael Carter. Because every mm. time he touched the ball, he had like seven, 7.1 yards per carry plus a 23-yard catch, and they only give him nine touches. I kind of felt like they should have been going to him a little more. And I know second half, it just kind of – Notre Dame kind of just controlled the ball, but – um, I thought he looked better than like. Sorry, I don't even have to say. I think he looked better than Williams, and mm-hmm. I, I feel like they should have kind of went to him more. And it was kind of like Williams has been the guy all year. They kept they they went to him, but um, I love Michael Carter. I think he's gonna end up potentially a top five. Not even potentially. I think he's gonna end up a top five back for me. I like both of these guys um a, a lot to be honest, and they're they're just so much fun. Um, you know what? Can I? I almost don't want to do it. But I put Kyle Trask here, and uh, yeah, the stat line was good, but hey, bad for him. Only 256 yards, three touchdowns. 
he's just not doing it for me, man. And and I saw a couple people on Twitter talking about this, and I think it's a good point. It's like, it's like maybe you start evaluating quarterbacks as like a guy who 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 really elevates your team and a guy who's like a more of a facilitator type. And yeah, I think I think who who was it? Croc brought that up. Yeah, yeah, it was, it was. Um, and yeah, he just I think that's a good point. It's like he's for sure. Are you going to be upset with him start playing quarterback? Uh, for your NFL team, sometimes because you're gonna look around, like he said, you're gonna look around the league and you're gonna see Patrick Mahomes and whoever the hell else, Russell Wilson, whatever, and you're like, "Fuck, I wish I had one of those guys." But, <laughs> but I think he's like, I think he's gonna be in the league and he's gonna play. But he's just, yeah, he's just not doesn't do it for me. He, he, he and, and just to give examples of that type of guy, there, it's like the Nick Foles, it's the Kirk Cousins, it's the Jared Goff. You have to scheme the big plays with them. Yeah. Versus the Patrick Mahomes, um, the the Aaron Rodgers, those guys make these huge plays yeah. regardless of what's happening around them. And I, I think like yeah, Kyle Trask is a high floor guy. I think he's gonna he's gonna be a capable starter. But I'm not taking him in the first round because totally. I don't think he can win me a Super Bowl. Like everything else around him has to be perfect for him to win a Super Bowl. And in the NFL, that's just not a really much of a reality. So why take that over a a Trey Lance who's got sure way more bust potential but if it comes together like with what he has in terms of tools the the ceiling is just so much higher here here's a hot take off the top of my head it might almost be better to get a bust than to get stuck in a Kyle Trask type situation yeah because then what what like he he puts up enough he does enough for you that now you've paid him and you're paying him top 10 quarterback money which puts you in cap in cap hell you, if you'll you make can't. the playoffs once every two years and yeah or comp- versus if he just buses yeah. busts you just move on if you're a smart gm it, you move on exactly and then try again exactly like 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 even like you know prime example josh rosen and then to kyler murray where we were both the two huge josh rosen fans but they they, they knew he wasn't getting it done and uh they moved on and kyler murray clearly looks like the guy that can win you a super bowl so um mm-hmm. yeah it's like i don't know which teams are going to be targeting uh, a guy like kyle tracks it might be the chicago bears but uh who who think their defense is super bowl capable and this guy can just steady the ship but i i i don't know and um or maybe it's a team that thinks that they can develop him and sit him for a bit and but even then the potential is not that high so i, I don't know exactly where he's going to land in the nfl no, it, it, it's gonna be fun. I, this quarterback class is gonna be a ton of fun for sure. Um, um, I'll give you uh, Seth Williams. Yeah, that's that was my Iron next Bowl. one. That was my next. Like one. he felt like a pretty obvious one this week. Uh, normally Auburn's most consistent playmaker. Uh, yeah. Three catches, seventeen yards against Bama had just a, a drop that like they were gonna lose the game anyway. But that drop a really yeah cemented it yeah. Um, and, and uh, I think we've mentioned it before. Where is he going to fall in the grand scheme of this wide receiver class where he's this more of this power forward, this contested catch type receiver? And we've seen those guys fall in the NFL draft yeah. a little bit more, like like the Antonio Gandy-Goldens of the world. Um, so I don't even know if he would declare. Who knows? Like I think if him and Anthony Schwartz declared, sure, he's been much more productive than Anthony Schwartz in college, but – Schwartz's ceiling is so much higher because he's a freaky athlete yeah. that he would go above him. Yeah, no, that's a good point. And, like, I, I, I still like Seth Williams, but landing spots can be really important for him. And, and, like you said, had that brutal drop. Had another one where I should have been pass interference, but he, he dropped it regardless, still didn't catch it. 
Then the- you know what he should do? He he should transfer out. Um, because assuming we get the one free transfer year, he should transfer out to a school that employs a real quarterback. <laughs> Shut. <laughs> and you know what else? Maybe and this is this is a little mean. Maybe he should transfer out to a lesser conference because sometimes he he just seems to not show up against the top end competition. Like Sertan erased him, had the TFL on him too. Um, it just it just feels like if 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 Auburn is playing a weaker SEC team without a top corner, uh, and Nix isn't shitting the bed, he has big games. But then when it's against, uh, you know, the big time corners, Sertan, uh, who is Horn. Uh, Horn too, yeah, I mean. Uh, Almost said big time teams, but South Carolina isn't. But against Horn, against the good corners, uh, he's just kind of invisible to bad. So, mm-hmm, mm-hmm. Uh, do you have anybody else? I kind of put Hamilcar Rashid, who I just didn't think. Okay, okay, I, I put him for who's being overhyped because I keep uh, seeing him show up in in the second round of mock drafts. Yeah, but it just when you watch the Oregon State games, and I mentioned I don't know two three weeks ago against Washington State, like. You're not really feeling or seeing his impact. Yeah, and I mean, it, it might be because they're gravitating to him because he's kind of the only th- thing going. Yeah, that's true. So I don't want to kill him, but it, it's definitely that that he's he hasn't looked impressive. Um, and it's, it was kind of – I mean, I know he was big-time pr- pr- productive last year, big, big-time. But even then, it was kind of like you're, you're still projecting with him a bit because like, mm-hmm. I, I don't know. So, yeah, I just don't – go ahead, yeah. He's an he's undersized. He's an impressive athlete, yep. and, and he he makes some flashy plays, um, but the like he, his hands are still very raw. Yeah. He's undersized, and, and he doesn't have a lot of moves in the toolbox, so yeah. it, it worries you. Yeah, no, I'm not um, for sure. Okay, I'll give I'll give you we're talking pass rushers, baby. How about Ali Gay, who's a guy who kept catching my eye early on in LSU season. LSU season hasn't gone very well. And against Texas A&M, outside of a TFL, yeah. like, I thought he was a pretty big non-factor. Um, and if you watch him, he is he looks the part. He's like 6'6", 250. He's twitched up. But it's his first year playing FBS football. Like he, he transferred up from Juco. And you can see how raw he is. And he's another guy who, if that speed doesn't work, the, the, the kind of like the speed dip bend, if that doesn't work, it's – He's kind of locked up, and A and M's got a great offensive line, uh, but he's a guy who early in the season I thought when I was seeing some of the stuff yeah. I was seeing I thought like this guy could be a top one hundred pick. Now I think this guy's got to go back to school. Exactly, it's like it's almost like you're, you're not killing him. It's just like he went from a potential big time riser to go back to LSU and re- refine everything mm-hmm. there. Um, he looked good on that one TFL. <laughs> but, yeah. yeah, he did. No, he's a freaky athlete and he's really long. Yeah, no, he, he's like definitely intriguing. But I think you're you're right, especially when LSU can't be this bad next year. And we already talked about this, but um, yeah, go go back and uh, figure all that shit out. I, I I'm gonna uh, add one more. Jason Away, the Penn State edge rusher. Yeah. Two two penalties uh, against Michigan. He so he's weird because. There will be games like where he like he's kind of like gay, um, but more impressive in terms of his physical traits, but not resulting in a ton, a ton of uh, production. He's gonna be, uh, I think, a little tough because you're seeing him in mock drafts, but still, there's something to mock drafts. You're seeing him like consistently be like a top twenty pick. And I think he's one of the classic edge produ- um, projection guys where it's like, this guy is yeah. built to be an NFL pass rusher. 
but it hasn't come together. Is he going to be Daniel Hunter and it's going to come together at the next level, or is he going to be De- uh, Deion Jordan? Yeah, no, exactly. Like, like the flashes are definitely there, and like even week to week, you, you see the flashes, but um, he just disappears for stretches. Mm-hmm. And, and so, like, that's a bit of a worry for me. Yeah. Uh, okay, uh, out of nowhere prospect, you mentioned, who'd you have? I had Buddy Johnson, but I'll throw another name. Uh, right. how, about, how about Javon McKinley for Notre Dame? Who, it's like every all their pass catchers, I like Ben Sharonic is fun too, and like I said, Michael Myers is awesome. I like Tommy Trample. Tommy Trample's growing on me. I know he doesn't touch the ball too often. But <laughs> McKinley's a, another guy that's built like a big, he's not quite a tight end, but he's 6'2", 215, he's a big boy. He's getting downfield, making big-time catches. Uh, Notre Dame's offense is fun in like a really goofy way, and then and, like the offensive line is great. Williams is the, my favorite player in the world, and then Bucket's just a wild man with 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 McKinley. It's just like every week, it's one of these guys going out and catching balls, and I, like I don't know where him or Sharonic go if they go, but they're they're interesting guys. Weird year when you and me are in on Texas and I'm in Notre Dame. I know, I know, I know. I mean, it, it's okay. been a weird year, so it all makes sense. How about how about your guy, Kate Otten for Washington? <laughs> Eight catches, 108 yards, two touchdowns against Utah. He is Washington's best offensive threat. Um, Washington consistently produces NFL tight ends. Yeah. Who like everyone's like, why did this guy go so high? Um, but he's actually putting up better numbers than I remember the other ones. So uh, he looked. His ball skills were pretty impressive. He looked really good moving. I I like what I'm seeing there. Um, you know what it is? It's because when a U Dub baby, when a U Dub tight end comes out, they can block. They they learn how to block at Facts. at uh, Facts. <laughs> at Washington. Like that's why Drew Sample was a second round pick. He shouldn't have been. And and Will Disley, I mean, two terrible injuries, but um, when he hasn't been injured, he's been phenomenal for the Seahawks. And Joel McHale probably can throw on the pads and still block, baby. So <laughs> I, I tr- okay, I trust him. Yeah. Who who made you look stupid? I, I said Jamar Jefferson because like 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 yeah, right. I, I just didn't like him in the summer. I'm like okay, pretty jaggy and and yeah, he just was just wasn't fully healthy last year and and uh, now he is and he's fucking wrecking the Pac-12. I put Mac Jones because before the year I thought like Mac Jones was going to be one of these Greg McElroy yeah. Alabama quarterbacks, yeah. and he is so much more than that. He threw five touchdowns in the Iron Bowl. He doesn't have a great arm, but he makes up for it with wonderful touch. You see that every week. Um, I think the Devonta Smith uh, touchdown on the corner, the, his second touchdown, he lofted it to perfection. And same yeah. with the Billingsley one. Like he's he lofts these beautiful touch passes to perfection. I think he has been, at least while watching games live, much more impressive than Kyle Trask. I wonder if Trask and Jones being in this class together hurts each other. <laughs> I would take Jones before I take Trask. I'll say that. I think Jones ends up consensus QB5. Interesting. Okay. I, I, I think I like Jones better right now, but I'm, I, I mean, I'm less mean to Jones for sure, but I'm not, I'm not going to stake my claim yet. Fair. Um, and speaking of that, my best prospect versus prospect matchup, it wasn't like actually the best, but – Alabama's pass catchers just torching the Auburn secondary that's got <laughs> at least four NFL guys in it with Smoke Monday, Jamie Sherwood, Christian Tut, and Roger McCreary. I, uh, I, my, I went the other way. I think mine was the best, but it wasn't a true matchup. I put uh, I put Jeremiah Wusakamura versus Chad Surratt, who I, I think were – Oh, that's fun. Yeah, they were they were so fun on Friday. Where, uh, I think Joe outplayed him. He had nine tackles. 
Uh, two really near sacks. I, I would have had him for outplay the box score, but I put him here instead. Man, I, okay, first of all, you watch him. I think he's one of the most fun players in the country to watch. And, like, when you really sit down and, mm-hmm. and pay attention to him. And, like, you know, it, it's been uh, carrying insane speed downfield and looking great in coverage. And then this week, it, it, it looking really good as a, a blitzer. He's really effective. Uh, didn't mm-hmm. get home, but, I, I man, he's so much fun. And then Surratt, he did get home really early for a sack. Had another hurry, uh, seven tackles. I, I almost uh, he like he looks good every week, but not spectacular. Like, is that fair? Yeah, uh, yeah, no, no. Um, I think he he uh, right now. If I had to guess, I think the. I mean, it's a loaded linebacker class, but I think he's gonna blow up the combine so much that he ends yeah. up being like one of the top linebackers off the board. Yeah. But for the time being, I think the only guaranteed first-rounders are Micah Parsons and Jock. I feel the same way, yeah. I mean, and I think I, – I, I'm, I'm like kind I, of afraid that some NFL teams might be a little weary of Jock, but I, I, I don't think they should be. I think he'll be a top-15 prospect. Um, and I, I love Nick Bolton. He's one mm-hmm. of my favorite players in the draft, but maybe his size pushes him down. Zavin Collins, love his tape too, but maybe being from a small school, um, Dylan Moses just hasn't been the same player yep. this year. It's a really great linebacker class though, and like your boy Cam McGrone has just dealt with injuries yeah. that I don't think he'll declare. No, but uh, no, really, really fun linebacker class. Um, for me, outplayed the box score. I went with uh, that that interior defensive line protects A&M because I thought they were the heart and soul of that victory over yeah. LSU. And just doing doing God's work, keeping Buddy Johnson clean behind them too. Um, th- those guys can play. I uh, <laughs> they can. They're really good. I mentioned Michael Carter earlier, but I'll give you two other guys. Um, I thought Joseph Osai. Like this is probably not his best game, but he's still over Brock Purdy, and he, he wasn't credited with anything, but had a half TFL, three tackles. Um, I, I think he had one where he, he forced an intentional grounding, but they picked the flag up. It was weird. Um, but Osai every week he he's just he's he's that he's the best player on the on the Texas team easily. Um, I, I put him and I put another pass rusher. I cannot say his name. I know lots of fans. Osa I can't say it. Odegashua. I'm not even close. Uh, he only had one tackle, but for for UCLA by the way. Um, but winning a lot of reps and another guy that is gonna be interesting because he was on the Feldman Freaks list, correct? Yeah. Yep. Yep. And uh, just I, I think another interesting guy, and um, we'll see we'll see what comes of them. But two pass rushers who um, who are always kind of better than their the rest of their team is. <laughs> um, for being overhyped, I already mentioned Ivor Shad. Who do you have? I can he pick it. Oh right, right, right. Okay, and then small school guy. I'm assuming we <laughs> both have Jarrett Patterson. I'm, who I'm glad we both saved him for the end too. <laughs> 409 rushing yards and eight rushing touchdowns against Kent State. Fuck you, Lance Leopold, for not letting him get the record. Um, but, yeah, Jared Patterson, what, two, three weeks ago? We, we, we talked about how he didn't look uh, as great as he should against, I can't even remember who it was against, but Kevin Marks played better. Yeah. Uh, um, and then last week <laughs> he ran for like 300 yards, and this week he's at 409. Also, his twin brother led the team in tackles. Um, yeah, the Patterson brothers are, are fueling Buffalo to another MAC championship. Lance Leopold should be a Power 5 head coach soon. 
Uh, he's gonna get Lux very soon for sure. Um, the the, the I, I saw someone make a good point though. The only thing working against him is he is a little older. He's like fifty six. Oh, actually, I didn't realize that. Interesting. Yeah, because he was at Wisconsin Whitewater for so long. <laughs> Built a powerhouse, baby. Um, but quickly going back to Patterson, it, they were really huge holes to run through a lot of the time. I can't. I can't. <laughs> I can't say anything negative about him, especially after after he shut us the fuck off the last two weeks. But I mean, hey, um, I still like Kevin Marks too. It, it it's did you see what he yeah. said about like he just didn't know, realize he had eight touchdowns? Like, come on, come on, Leipold that is lethal, whatever. Um, that's that. There's no way. That's yeah, true. he should. Someone well, some even if that were true, someone should be in his ear telling him. <laughs> I don't. There's no way you don't know that he has eight touchdowns. Like, if you say, okay, I didn't know he had 490 yards, I, I think that's valid. That, right. But eight touchdowns, you know. Uh, whatever. I wouldn't hire Lance Leopold because of that. <laughs> um, but, you know what I would do? I would, uh, I would purchase anything Manscaped makes because they support seven rounds in heaven. Um, Manscaped's the best men's below the belt grooming. They offer precision-engineered tools for your family jewels. Jingle balls to the walls, fellas. Listen up. Untrimmed pubes are a thing of the past. It's time to gear up and get yourself the gift of shaving this holiday season. I'm talking about the Manscaped Perfect Package 3.0. This revolutionary company, Manscaped, has redesigned the electric trimmer. Their lawnmower 3.0 has a proprietary advanced skin-safe technology, so this trimmer cuts on your nuts. It's also waterproof, so you can use it in the shower. The Lawnmower 3.0 comes inside their brand new Perfect Package 3.0, which makes for the perfect gift this holiday season. It's literally everything you need to keep trimmed, cut-free, and smelling nice down there. And don't use the same trimmer on your face as you're using on your balls. That's just nasty. The Manscaped Perfect Package 3.0 also includes the Crop Preserver, an anti-chafing ball deodorant and moisturizer. You already put deodorant on your armpits. Why are you not putting deodorant on the smelliest part of your body? And yes, your balls stink. Speaking of sweaty and stinky balls, I'm thankful for their Crop Reviver. This product, along with the Crop Preserver, keeps your balls from sweating, smelling, and sticking. And these products smell good. Their manly scent is attractive and will help set the mood, if you know what I mean. Oh, we know. Ooh. The perfect package will also come with a pair of Manscaped boxers that will keep your junk feeling fresh all day. It's time to upgrade those overused pairs of boxers to Manscaped high-performance and anti-chafing boxers. Tis the season to Manscaped, so get yourself, your dad, your brother, and friends the best gift of all, the Manscaped Perfect Package 3.0. Get 20% off and free shipping with code ARMCHAIR at manscaped.com your balls will thank you and now that college basketball is underway college football's nearing bowl season the nfl's in the home stretch it's the best time to bet online so head to bet online and use the code armchair to take advantage of all the great sign up bonuses aj how will you be paying for christmas gifts this year uh you don't want to know how i make my money well i'll be paying for mine by betting online. <laughs> so thanks, Bet Online, for being the presenting sponsor of my five picks of the week and AJ's one short of a six pack. Uh, AJ, how'd you do last week? I went two and one. <laughs> Two games canceled. I mean, the Apple Cup and that uh, Oklahoma West Virginia game. 
I went two and two with also having the Apple Cup canceled. Sucks. So I I'm a, I got an extra one in my six pack this week, Rob. You know I don't because I'm saving them all. You're gonna make so many picks. What's your what's your record on the season now? Yeah. Twenty-seven and twenty-three. Okay, I'm still twenty-two and thirty. Every time I'm having good weeks, it's how like, many games have you picked? If I'm at if I'm at fifty, how many have you picked? Uh, fifty-three. Oh, so I'm only gonna be four behind. Damn. Yeah. I was hoping to be double digits. <laughs> anyway. Okay. <laughs> I'll, I'm going to start us off with a Friday night, uh, 9 p.m. on FS1, Washington State, playing the USC Trojans, uh, the number 18 USC Trojans. Um, fight on. I, I, put, I put the Cougs plus 9.5. I didn't pick this game, but, it, hey, we got a good Friday, to be honest. I got another Friday game here, too. Um, yeah, I, I think that's fair. And you're, you're taking the Washington, right? Yeah, USC seems to play everybody close and yeah. not winning until the last seconds. The only thing is Washington State's been off for so long and COVID's been a big factor with them. So that that's kind of why I, if, if that wasn't the case, I, I think I wouldn't make USC as high uh, as nine and a half. Yeah. But um, because of that, I, I, I'm going to do that. And, and Washington State played Oregon close. I, I think uh, um, they've got the offense to make this a high-scoring game, so. No, I I, th- I think that's a good call. Like USC wins, but by like seven points. Yeah. Okay. Who you got? Friday night, seven p.m. So this one, uh, you watching before that game? ESPN two, ULL at App State. Uh, ULL just beat the brakes off of ULM, and I'm I'm taking them minus six and a half at the Rock, which is a little tricky. I, I'm not sure about this line. Because, like, I feel like UL is going to get a lot of respect after just dismantling ULM. And maybe App State's a little underappreciated. So if this line's bigger than this, I kind of like App State. But if it's less than a touchdown, uh, give me the Raging Cajuns, even in the Rock. Um, I like this Cajuns team. App State's, like, they're still good, but they slipped a little bit. So uh, mm-hmm. rage on, Cajuns. Hell yeah. I like it. Um, okay. Jumping to Saturday, noon, ABC, number four, Ohio mm-hmm. State at Michigan State. What's the spread? Ohio State, Ohio State obviously had the Illinois game canceled. Michigan State just upset Northwestern. I put it at Ohio State minus 11.5, but what do you think? <laughs> I have 10 more points up. <laughs> I don't I, I I don't think – we can come between. I'll, I'll, I'll go like 17.5. I don't think they're going to give Michigan State respect. It's still Ohio State. Um Let's do 20 and a half. Yeah, you want to come up that high? I mean, I might be wrong. But, like, yeah. seeing seeing Alabama favored by, what was it, 24 against Auburn? Yeah. that's No, that's a good point. So, I think I – think, I think I'm factoring too much in that Michigan State upset Northwestern and Ohio State just didn't play. Yeah, I, I, that's true. And, like, it's again, it's tricky year as hell for Lions. But um, I, I, we found that they're just – Vegas is just loading on the Blue Bloods. Like, if, if it's a Blue Blood yeah. – they're just putting the spread. What, sorry, what did you put it at? Twenty-one and a half. Let's just do that. Okay, okay. I, I mean, I, hey, I would love to come down and get this this dub and catch up to five hundred. Fuck. Um, uh, <laughs> I, I'm gonna go. What's to, your next one? To the three thirties, maybe on ABC game, another Big Ten matchup. I almost didn't yeah. want to pick it, but there's not I too many it. good games. Indiana at Wisconsin. No. Tricky, tricky line. Michael Penix might be out. 
So this is kind of dependent on that. And Wisconsin's a mess, obviously. I put it. I'm taking Wisconsin minus 13 and a half. That's, that's Penix dependent. Oh, my though. God. I put it so different than you. What is it? I put Wisconsin minus three and a half. It's Penix depending. Yeah, do we? I I I know we had to pick this game because it's one of the few good games. Um, I almost didn't want to because of that. Let Let's split the diff and go like seven and a half. But okay. it, it's like if Penix is out, roll Wisconsin. If 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 he's playing and healthy, I like Indiana plus the points to be honest. So it's it's like a tricky Wis- one. Wisconsin. Wisconsin just had their top corner opt out and declare to Rashad Wildgoose. Yeah, we forgot to mention that. <laughs> yeah, no, um, exactly. I so I don't know. It's I don't trust Wisconsin, but I I don't believe in Indiana without Penix. Yeah, no, I agree with you. Uh, it's very dependent. Take Wisconsin if Penix's not playing. Otherwise, I don't know. Yeah, and like if, I don't know. if the spread is too big, just stay away. Okay, 8 p.m. CBS, number one Alabama at LSU. I put Bama 14.5, but now I think it should be way higher. I put it 23.5, yeah. <laughs> I'm just going to take mine to that. <laughs> Again, they're just, they're not, they're not respecting these. Like, Auburn, if Auburn's 24, Auburn's way better than LSU, apparently. Like, even, even if Alabama has an off offensive night, they'll still win this game like 38 3. Yeah, exactly. I mean, I I don't believe yeah. in Finley to to march that LSU offense anywhere. No, they look terrible. It's all Kay. Terrence Marshall, yeah. My last game to be announced at time and date and everything. Um, West Virginia at number three or number thirteen Iowa State. I'm taking the Mountaineers plus six and a half. Robert, I have exactly the same pick, buddy. Mountaineers plus six and a half. It feels right. I think Iowa State wins it, but Iowa State tends to play everybody close. Uh, West Virginia's got really good defense. I think yep. they're going to re- really mess up Brock Purdy. Yep. Um, I think it's going to be a, a fairly low-scoring game, and I, I feel like an Iowa State like twenty to seventeen win. Yep, I like that. I feel exactly the same. So let's I'll move on. Uh, my my last two. I almost didn't want to pick this one either. Texas A and M. After we give them all the love at Auburn. Tricky, tricky line. I'm saying Auburn plus eight and a half, and I'll take it. I think. Are you okay with that line? I'm not sure about it. Plus eight and a half. Yeah, at home. Yeah, you can have it. Yeah, <laughs> thank you. No uh, but I, I'm I'm taking Auburn with the points. It might be bigger. Um, I, I think A&M wins, but uh, they don't they don't beat the brakes off uh, Auburn, especially after how Mon just looked anemic this week. And my last one, and definitely the best game of the week, another TBD game. Uh, Liberty at Coastal Carolina. I got the chance minus four and a half in what should be a really, really fun game. But yeah, roll. that's like the the week sucks, and that's a good game to actually watch. Yes, it's like uh, it's like we've we've kind of got a couple of treats in the group of five um, on these off weeks, to be honest. And it's I'm glad for it. Go shots clears.